as we have read through all of uh, Matthew or in, uh, the New Testament this year, uh, it's an interesting time because, you know, you want to make sure we do the birth of, uh, of Jesus. And it works out perfectly because uh, we're going to be in Matthew 21 today, but we're going to be leading up to that as well. And what happened when I was a little kid all the time was on Christmas morning, we lived on uh, some, uh, some land, and uh, not uh, five acres, and uh, we had this, the reason we could live in it is because the barn in the back uh, was uh, burned out. So it had caught on fire and burned out, but there was this little area that still worked. And so no matter if it was raining, no matter if it was three feet of snow or whatever it was, Christmas morning, we would load up and we would walk all the way to this burnout barn so we could do the Christmas story. And when you are a kid, that was not my favorite thing. I wanted the presents. Give me the presents now. Now I look back and I'm very thankful for that time. So if you are, I know right now if you are a child, you do not have to, but if you are a child and you want to come on up, come on up here. There you go. And we're going to sit right up here on this step right here. So I know I used to be able to do a lot crazier games, but as you can tell, we're getting much more kids. So it's a lot more sitting and a lot more. But I, this is a little bit more of a reminder of, of when I was a little kid. First and foremost, I, will, I, will, I need to tell you something. This isn't for them. <laughs> I want you to know, you are extremely loved. I don't know if you know how much, I don't know what's gone on, no matter what, you guys are so, so loved by Jesus. And I don't want you to ever think any differently, ever. Jesus loves each one of you. And I know that there's people out there that love you too. They can't love you as much as Jesus does. They might try and they will. They will. They love you so much. But I, guys, I want you guys to know that because that's vitally important. Because so much we can get lost in all this stuff about what Christmas is, the, the trees. We could get lost in, in, in the gifts, and we could get lost even into family, which is all good stuff. But the main thing is Jesus. And I don't want you guys to ever forget that because Jesus came for you. He even came for your parents. And he came for us even when we know we are still sinners. And I just want you guys to know that today. So can I read just this little part of this Christmas story? This is the point number one, if you're a point. It's the birth of Messiah. The birth of the Messiah. And Matthew 1, 18 starts and it says this. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, 
he had into mind to divorce her quietly. Now, we were talking downstairs a little bit about how everyone focuses a lot on Mary. I'm just going to take a little second to focus on Joseph. Joseph, as you can already see, is a guy of character and a guy that is wanting to do the right thing. He right now could have just buried the whole situation and could have really made it bad, but he was going to do it quietly because he still had respect for who Mary was as a person. But he was God-fearing, and he decided, hey, I'm going to do this quietly. He showed respect. you got to think this. He showed respect when he would have been looked at as the one that was betrayed. How many of us, for small things, have felt betrayed and we want to get our revenge? We have eliminated that person. And even in this situation, no one has told him about the situation. He felt he was betrayed and he still is going to be a, a man of dignity. Verse 20 says this, though. It says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. That would be awesome and scary. Uh, and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save the people of their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to the son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Now, what's so cool about this, and I just want to take a, a, a point, is that this goes to the Old Testament. So you guys know what the New Testament is? Yeah. yeah. You know what the Old Testament is? Yeah. Nice. And, wh- and when you put them together, what, they're co- what are they called? Nice. Nice. I was hoping someone would say the Testament. Uh, I, I like it. Uh, but that is in Isaiah 7:14, and it says, "Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign: the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel." And this is what's so key, and I want you guys to focus on this. And this is why one of the reasons why I called you up. This is what Joseph did when God talked to him through the dream. When Joseph woke up. He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home to his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name of Jesus. Joseph was obedient. I am sure the rest of Joseph's life, people probably talked. Joseph, for the rest of his life, there was a a mark on him that like, ah, that child's not really yours. There was something that he had to do the rest of his life, but yet he was obedient. I am telling you right now, and I want to tell you, God loves you. But there might be a time when you have to do something for Jesus, and the world will say, ah, and look at you with a different mark. I want you guys to not be afraid to still live as you're supposed to live. Now, we got a great opportunity because this continues on, but I want to read this because this is great because one has memorized and one has uh, done a pretty good job of still holding the paper of reading, but they're going to read Luke 1 through 20 for you. And uh, so I'm really excited. So if you come up here, not not you girls, there you go. Okay, well, Luke 1 through 14. Here, hold on. 
whole world should be registered. Empire should be registered. This was the registration took place while Cornelius was governor of Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David, which was called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in slightly in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. In the same region, the shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch over at night over their flocks. And an angel of the Lord appeared before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will come be all for the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a, there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. Give it a round of applause for him. Thank you so much. You, you guys can sit down. You guys can go. You guys can go ahead and have a seat. And then make sure make sure you grab go to the back cuz Miss Carol has some projects for you guys. Some homework. I don't, I don't want us to forget that so much is uh, what we've talked about and what it gets reminded is we get in this, uh, this string of what Christmas is and we get, uh, and I think Brad, if you were in Sunday school today, talked so well about it. We get so caught up into, hey, we got to get these presents wrapped. We got to make sure the meals are done and we got to make sure this gets taken care of. That busyness actually overtakes what Christmas is. And a lot of times the world comes alongside and can easily come back and say distraction. Yes, it's OK to be distracted. It's OK. Yes, we will. We will stay open late for you to go buy some more presents. We will stay up and make other people work late. And all of a sudden, we get distracted saying, like, this is Christmas, but are we really worshiping Jesus? Are we worshiping the things around Jesus? And what's really unique is point number two sort of leads into this is the star guide. And this has always been an interesting point to me because this is when you start dealing with the magi. The magi and who the magi are and what are these people and why were they looking in the stars for this Messiah, because they had heard of the Messiah. They had heard of this uh, Jewish king that was to come, and at some point they saw the stars. It says in Matthew 2, it says this, we start, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Okay, that's the, the first part. So they had seen the sign. They had, they had done this. Now, I'm going to jump 
Okay, now this is a little bit more controversial, but this is what I like to do. Revelations 12. Yeah, I didn't think we're going to jump into Revelations today, did you? No. All right, Revelations 12, verse 1 says this, A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns on its head. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and his throne. The woman fled into the wilderness into place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. Okay, there, there's a different perspective here. Not everyone, some thinks this is end times, but some people truly do believe that this is a, a, a consolation prize that has happened only one time in world history. That there is a time where the, the consolation of the woman, the zodiac sign up in the skies, is happening. Now, when the sun is around her belt, that of birth, that has happened. It will go through her birth. That is in a 30-day window. It's a 30-day window that the sun will be in the constellation of what is viewed. Now, many people are like, what is going on? John, you're talking stars. Well, this is what the magi would be looking up at the sky. They would be looking at this kind of stuff. Now, what's it say at the beginning? The moon was under her feet. The moon was under her feet. And so there's this constellation where... The, there's this woman, the zodiac, the sign with, from the east would see the sun going through, and then there's the moon goes under the feet of the woman. Now, the time frame of this is 90 minutes. There's only in history a 90-minute period where the feet, or where this moon goes under her feet, okay? And then we talk about the, the, uh, the red dragon, and there's also constellations of that. And there, there's a time frame, and we are going to do a whole lesson on that, but we're not going to do the whole thing today, okay? There's a lot going on, but the reason why I wanted to say this is that on that day, there's only one day that this has happened throughout history, and so once in a while, you'll see online, December 25th is not the birth of Jesus. December 25th is not the birth of Jesus. We don't celebrate it. Well, if you went by the stars, it would be September 11th, 3 BC. That's the date that they have on that. That's why you'll sometimes see online September 11th, 3 BC. Well, then you're like, well, how do we get December 25th? How do we figure out those dates? Well, that's because that would happen nine months. People would assume that a king was born on March 25th. And so what they did is they took nine months is from when it would be to be born. And so they put it on that date to be celebratory on December 25th. March 25th was a day in uh, Israel history where it was looked at as a day of the first coming, the first where kings would be adorned. So they took that date and they moved it to December 25th. So why, John, are you talking about all these dates and all this? It can become easily to get distracted by what is happening truly with Jesus Christ. 
He is coming with a purpose, and that leads to the point number three. It's a rescue mission. So many times we can get distracted in the fact that when you look there, people are saying, well, you shouldn't put up Christmas trees. You shouldn't do that. We shouldn't give out gifts. Well, you're, I'm better than you on this. All of a sudden, we get so distracted by the clutter of all of what Christmas is not to be about, and we forget what Christmas is truly about. The Son of God coming on a rescue mission. I don't care. Here's the thing. And the reason why I sort of went there and you're like, why September 11th? It doesn't matter. At some point, December 25th, it doesn't matter. The Savior came. I don't care if he came at 6.02. I don't care if he came at 9.05 at night. I don't care. The Savior decided I'm coming for my people. I am on a rescue mission because you're lost. You're lost and you got nothing left. I'm the only option you got. I am the only option you got. The thing is, is so many people think, and we've talked about this before, that there's different ways to get up to the mountaintop to God. There's different ways to climb up. Oh, if I do this way, I'm this spiritual. Or if I eat this way, I do this. And there's different gods. And But at the end, it's all up there. The problem is, is every one of you is walking up to the top. This one decided to walk down the mountain and come to you. And his name is Jesus Christ, and he decided, I'm going to come and save my people. I'm on a rescue mission. Let's, let's dig into that just a little bit. In Matthew 21, if you read, and we talked about this before. Even the kids were up here on a family Sunday. But it's about the vineyard. He says this. Listen, Jesus is talking. Matthew 21, verse 33. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and moved to another place. When the harvest time approached, he sent his servant to the tenants to collect his fruit. The tenants seized his servants. They beat him, killed another, and stoned a third. Then he sent other servants to them, more than the first time. And the tenants treated them the same way. Last of all, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But then the tenants saw the son. They said to each other, there is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? He will bring those wretcheds to a wretched end, they replied, and he will rent the vineyard to other tenants who will give him his share of the crop at harvest time. Jesus said to them, have you never read the scriptures? The stone the builders rejected have become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in, the eyes, in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. When the chief priest and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parable, they knew he was talking about them. They looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. Jesus came on a rescue mission. In Mission Impossible, have any of you seen Mission Impossible? Okay. Yes, it's awesome. I love spy thrillers. 
or a James Bond, but Mission Impossible is sort of my thing. In the, in the grand scheme of the movie, the hero, who in the movies it's Ethan Hunt, or other movies it's Jim Phelps, or TV shows, you're, you're in the movie, there's always this hope, like he's, he's going to make it out. He's going to survive. He's going to, whatever it is, if he's going to take off his mask and reveal that it was him at the end, he wins, or whatever it is, he's going to accomplish the goal. Any of those movies, there's always that, that little bit. Jesus went in knowing he was going to die. Jesus came to Christmas. He came the day that we're celebrating knowing what his ultimate goal was. Not that he was coming in to be like, hey, I'm going to get around this. I'm going to be like, no, he knew the ultimate goal. That's why it's a rescue mission of what Jesus is doing. We can take a look at just what this read here in Matthew. And we can take a look around the world today. Number one, leaders fail to be the light of the world. Jesus is the light. We are looking for righteousness and justice and love and mercy in the world around us. I'm letting you know Jesus is righteous, just, love, and full of mercy. Jesus came into this world knowing he would be persecuted and would be murdered. But you know what? Jesus conquered death. People want something or someone to put their life on. And maybe that's for you right now. Maybe it's a job, money, health, things, power, status. And I am telling you right now, Jesus is the only cornerstone. All else fails. Our view should be that of the cornerstone. What we celebrate tomorrow or September 11th or whatever day Jesus came down, our cornerstone is Jesus Christ. My cornerstone is not the presents I give my daughters or that I receive. Even though, thank you, someone gave me a Florida State tie the other day, thank you. I don't know who it was, no name on it, but that was awesome. I'll take it. But I was going to wear it today, but my wife said it's not Christmassy, so I couldn't do it. But what I was going to say, though, is it's great to receive a gift, but what you do with the gift matters. If I never wear the gift, if I never appreciate the gift, it, have I, do I really have a tie? Did I wear it? Did I represent it? Did I show it? What is great is you all have the opportunity for a gift, a gift of Jesus Christ that we celebrate tomorrow. Now, what you do with it it's up to you. You can know about the gift. I've been really contemplating the last time. How can some people with much more information about Christ, knowing all the truth, deny him? And then some with very little accept him. I find that really interesting. That's why I love having kids up here the last two Sundays. It's been a joy to see their faces. It's been a joy for them to sing. And some not sing. But, you know, it's a joy for them to see up there. But the way they go at life. There's no hindrance. And some of us have become too old and too in the fact of not our age, but how we treat God. We start to do transactions with Jesus. We start to debate with Jesus, start to maneuver. Instead, we are not like Joseph and we are not obedient no matter what. We are not like Mary and we're not obedient no matter what. Do you think that trip to Bethlehem was easy? That 80 miles, being pregnant? Sure. We'll just hop in the car. We'll be there in an hour and a half. Oh, wait. 
We're going to walk through the sun. We were talking down there. It's awesome. All the Christmas pictures look so beautiful. Yeah, there was no wind, no rain on that journey. Nothing. It was, it was easy. But they were obedient. They trusted. What an opportunity that we have to live, no matter what, the next few days to celebrate Christmas. We get to be obedient. We get to share that with other people. The Lord God came on a rescue mission for his people that were lost and troubled. The other day, we have, uh, like the, at our kitchen, we have these bar stools. So they're a little bit higher. And once in a while, one of my daughters, who will, I won't name, likes to put her feet up on the back, you know, and like the feet up on the, on the table. And I'm like, feet down. Well, one time she was, fell back. Luckily, my wife, with the reflexes I didn't know she had, <laughs> caught the chair. And I will tell you, my daughter was scared. Because even for that moment, she knew, and then the tears are coming, and she starts hugging my wife and her mom, and she's just holding on very tightly. I am telling you, Jesus is there to save you. He's there to save you. What a beautiful picture of her going to the source, knowing who that is. There's another mention and I, I want to close with this. There's another mention of the cornerstone in Scripture, and it's in Psalms 118. In Psalms 118, I just want us to read through it. And I know we've been reading a lot of Scriptures, but that's what I want everything to be the base of. The base is all Scripture. I want your heart just to, to slow down for a second in the sense that some of you are already planning, what do I have for lunch right now? What do I have to still wrap? What do I still have to do? Some of you are traveling. What time do I have to do that? I want you guys to try to push that to the side. I want you to slow down. And I want you to live, listen to these words for a second. It says this. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say his love endures forever. When hard pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look and triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than in to trust in princes. All the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They swarmed around me like bees, but they were consumed as quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them down. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. 
I will not die but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastised me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open for me the gates of the righteous. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, though which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. For the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God and he has made his light shine on us. With bows in hand, join us in the festival procession up to the horns of the altar. You are my God and I will praise you. You are my God and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His, his love endures forever. beautiful words of what our life should be built on. I hope as you enjoy this Christmas time, I hope you enjoy your family. I really do. I hope you enjoy the time together. I hope you enjoy the laughs of your kids opening the presents. I do. But I'm also going to continue to push. What is your cornerstone? What is the cornerstone of your life? We're going to have an opportunity right now to participate with that. We're going to do communion. Now, you can come up if you want and participate. If you don't, you can just sit there and pray or whatever. But we do want to open it up. Because there's this, there's this process that I want us to think about. God came on a rescue mission for you. And here's what's great. He just doesn't save you. He wants you to participate in it. He wants you to be part of the rescue mission. He wants you to be in this life together as you guys journey together. He just doesn't pick you out and say, okay, I'm done with you. No, he's with you now. He's in this path that we get to live life with Jesus and along with other people. And we get to experience the joys of what this time is. I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to miss what God has done for us. And so many years, like, I'm not going to miss Christmas. I'm not going to miss it. No, I think so many times it's actually those kind of times Satan can easily get us distracted. It's all being off by that much is just as dangerous as being off by this much or this much or a mile wide. Don't get lost. Enjoy this time, but remember what your cornerstone is at all times. It's the birth of Jesus Christ and knowing what he is going to accomplish. Now, one of those things is I'm going to have Doug come up and he's going to lead us in prayer. And I, I know not all of you know, but many of you know, Doug has been a rock to me and to living hope. And God has continued to provide. And I just want to give Doug the opportunity to pray for us as we enter into time of communion.
In Luke 22:13 it says this They left and found things just as Jesus had told them so they prepared the Passover when the hour came Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table and he said to them I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer for I tell you I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God After taking the cup he gave thanks and said Take this and divide it among you for I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine at the table. As we take communion together, what an opportunity to be in communion with God. Have time together in the fellowship. When I open it up, if you could come down the middle or on this side and then we'll go out this way, that'd be great. You can eat it here or you can go to your seat and sit and just spend time with God in this Christmas time to just worship Him, to just be with Him. What a great opportunity for us to slow down and make sure our cornerstone is Him. The communion table is open. 